Hi everyone, welcome back to Alter Guild. My name is Miriam Samuelson Roberts and I'm one of your hosts. So the world has changed a little bit since our last episode a little over a month ago as uh, COVID-19 has taken over our country and our world and our lives as we know it in so many ways. Uh, but in the midst of all the turmoil and grief and rethinking of life, we have decided we want to keep telling stories this season. So we're continuing this season of Alter Guild called Tell It Again with conversations about the ancient biblical story and our own stories. And we hope you'll enjoy them wherever you're at in this strange time. And I don't know, for me, the knowledge that there are stories that are thousands of years older than I am and than this situation is, is kind of weirdly comforting for me right now. So maybe that fact will somehow bring you some comfort too. This next episode is an interview with Amity Lance and her friend Grace Day. And they talk about the story of David and Goliath together with some great reminders about how disturbing and complex and also how beautiful the meaning of this story is. Here's their conversation. Hey everyone, my name is Amity Lance. I am the Director of Youth and Family Faith Formation at Christ the King Lutheran Church in New Brighton, Minnesota. So I work with the sixth graders to the seniors in high school through confirmation, small groups, youth group, um, summer trips. We get together and hang out and do ministry together. Um, I grew up in Dickinson, North Dakota. I went to St. John's Lutheran Church. Shout out to Pastor Steve Tangen, who was my senior pastor growing up. Um, I went to Badlands Ministries Bible Camp. Shout out to Brent Seeks, our camp director. And yeah, so I've kind of lived my whole life in this ministry realm. And my great life experiences led me to want to do that for others. And I will invite Grace to introduce herself. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Grace Day. I am uh, what the kids call a lifelong Lutheran. I was raised in the Virginia Synod, actually, at Grace Waynesboro Church. And, um, yeah, I grew up in the Virginia Synod. And then I um, recently just moved to Macon, Georgia, which is different, um, quite a different time. But I... My entire life, I've been a Lutheran. I grew up going to church. My grandfather is a retired seminarian. Um, my grandmother is an organist. And um, Amity and I met at our Lutheran college. We the did. Cap the Capital University. <laughs> the Capital University, Columbus, Ohio. Bexley. Bexley, Ohio. Bexley, Ohio. Home to Capital University and Trinity Lutheran Seminary. So, were there any stories from the Bible from your childhood that you remember very specifically? I have very vivid memories of learning and talking about Jonah and the whale in depth um and it i 
like to this day, I think I'm still kind of like, huh. I mean, I guess that's my favorite Bible story. Is it? I don't know. I was a VeggieTales. I was a VeggieTales kid, so. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't love the Jonah movie, so I never liked the Jonah story. But that's not important. Um, mm-hmm. I think I very specifically remember Ruth, um, like the Ruth story from Veggie Tales, and I remember, um, is this is not a Bible verse, but the God is bigger than a boogeyman song that they did. Um, I like very specifically remember that because one of my camp counselors would like sing that song. And so then afterwards, I just remember, like, watching that episode a lot of times. And that's, like, it's not a story, but it's a VeggieTales, so it feels like a Bible story from my childhood. Just, like, the hairbrush song? Yes, the hairbrush song. (laughs) What a good time. Those people, they're from Minnesota. That's why they make so many Minnesota references. The VeggieTales people? Yeah. That's wild. One story from childhood that I know a lot of people learn is the David and Goliath story. And how I remember it is this like seven foot, ten foot tall man comes into this village to tell God's people that they're not right and that everything they're doing is stupid. Um, and they need someone to fight him. And so they pick like the smallest guy they can find. Actually, they don't pick him. I think he volunteers. Yeah, he's, like, got a slingshot. Yeah, and he slingshots this giant in the face, and then, like, people put them on his their shoulders and, like, parade him around town. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, yes, all you need is God to fight a giant, and, like, all you need is God, and you can have very simple things, and you can just, like, knock out all the big stuff in your life. God and confidence. God, God and confidence. gives us the strengths. Yes. You know. Yeah, those things. But then, as I became an adult, um, and I'm older, that's not how the story goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think just like most stories, as they're translated to children, it's a lot more graphic. The kid version is not the version that's in the Bible, obviously, but it's a lot more in-depth and graphic than just a small child hit a man with a rock in the head because God was with him. I mean, that would make sense. That checks out. (laughs) Alright, so, to summarize the story quick, and just kind of talk about everything that happens, David, David the, David's clan, that's not what it's called. His Um, tribe? Not his tribe. Um, his village? His people? His people. His people, the people of God, were fighting the Philistines. And one of the Philistines, a seven foot tall giant, was like, send me your best guy. And if he wins, we'll be your slaves. And if we win, you'll be our slaves. Which was never mentioned um, in the the version I learned as a as a four or five year old was this yeah. slave trade of sorts. Um, yeah, I think I just kind of always saw Goliath as like a a vigilante of sorts. <laughs> like, yes, 
He's just a, a, a lone dude. <laughs> kind of. Lone like he, guy. He just came out and was like, someone fight me. Like, almost like a boxing match that he just wanted to do for fun. But, like, little or, did we know. like, the, the bullies in the school and, like, those teenage movies. Yeah, but. The bully that's just misunderstood. He's got a hard home life. No, he, um. They want to make him into slaves. Was a Philistine soldier. And I also remember this, like, kind of just happening as, like, a one-shot, like, David, like, the Phil- Goliath was like, hey, come out here and fight me. And David was like, no one else wants to do it. I'll do it, which is not true. I think it went on for 40 days. They, the Goliath just kept coming out and saying, who wants to fight me? And no one wanted to fight him. And also, David wasn't there for those first 40 days. Um, he was the youngest of his brothers. So his dad told him to, like, take them some food. And that's how he ends up even finding out about Goliath, which is interesting. Do you think eventually Goliath would have been like, eh, we'll regroup later. Go I don't home. Know. Like, I don't know. I that's think like, that's a really respectful thing to come back and be like, all right, you guys don't have a person. I'll come back tomorrow. I know. And like, I don't know a lot about biblical war per se, but is this how a lot of battles went down? Like, did we just stare at each other until someone made the first move? Because this that's... is a very civil form of warfare. Yeah, it's almost like very chess-like, where it's like respectful, and it's like once you make a move, I'll make a move, and when you make a move, I'll make a move, and. But also, I would like for you to make a move. Yes. Please, please make a move. Yeah, and like, I you I was in chess club because I was that person in high school, but um. That doesn't shock me in the slightest. So when, if if you have kind of like a pre-plan in your head and you like mm-hmm. think like, oh, I'm ranked higher than this person or I've played this person before so I know I can win. And then you just wait for them to make the move that you know you will like set you up to win. I feel is how Goliath felt. Like he was like, I'm the strongest. I'm the biggest. Whoever you send me, I'm going to beat. So we're just waiting for you guys to become our slaves is basically how I imagine Goliath feeling at this yeah this. he's like a march madness top ranked team going up against a a small unranked low ranked team i should say yeah yeah so one versus and 16 matchup that never usually it's goes the, to 16. the the uva uh umbc matchup one would say uh r.i.p march madness David is bringing his brothers um, a meal and here's Goliath come out and say, who wants to fight me? And he's like kind of mad. He's like, who is this Philistine who thinks that he can just demand a fight with for like against God's people? And so David goes back to Saul, who is his teacher at the time, and is kind of complaining about like about this this man he is yeah this is this is sorry i skipped a very crucial part his brothers are Mm. like david why are you here go home you're weak you should be watching the sheep like that's your job get out of here let us fight you just came to see a battle and that's not that's not what this is for so david's brothers clearly are like really here for him to take this fight so 
David goes on back to Saul and is like, I'm ready to fight him. I'm ready to fight him. And Saul's like, "Mm, maybe not the best choice. He's been doing this a lot longer than you. So why don't we not do that? And then David in in his true David self has all these examples of times that he's taken down lions and bears with the help of God and how he can take down this hypothetical lion and bear Goliath with God by his side. And Saul just lets him go. Saul says, go and the Lord be with you. Almost like Dumbledore and Harry Potter. Yes. But, and yeah. And so another part that I don't very specifically remember is David like collecting rocks to throw at Goliath. Like, in my head, he just, like, had a literal slingshot. Was, like, just this kid with a slingshot, like, playing with his buds with the slingshot. And that's how he decided to kill Goliath that day. But he, like, very much prepared to stone this man. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, in my, (laughs) in my, um, the way, like, I, like, kind of remember it is, like, you know, like, in those, like, the underdog movies where like the kid goes up to the plate he strikes out twice there's like two balls two strikes it's on the line he's got one stone left in his pocket yeah and like in slow-mo it goes up and it's like bye yes home run Uh, they win the game they move on and like david's sitting in a chair and they're lifting him up and they're like yeah you're king. Yes. So David get gathers his stones and the I'll read these two lines from the story. Um David put up his or put his hand into his bag, took out a stone, slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So that part, pretty similar. David had a stone, hit Goliath in the head with it, and Goliath goes down. Which yeah. is not it may like in my in my head I was like, oh yeah, you get hit in the head with a rock and you you're done for, but you KO. That would have to be like a pretty intense throwing of a rock to actually like take down this seven foot man. I just, I mean, think of the physics there. Yeah. I mean, with just your arm strength and a, a rubber band. <laughs> That's when you know God's <laughs> on your side. When you have, going... <laughs> you have nothing and you, you uh, take down this giant. And you know, I reckon at the, at the time of biblical times they didn't have rubber bands for slingshots they didn't have spandex i'm they saying, had like, yeah, like a cloth they had like leather yeah like a like kind of like is, a big old leather thing that you just sling in the air yeah i mean yeah. i guess i'm not really up to date on my biblical weaponry so i don't know that might not be true it may have been like horse hair or something okay or donkey donkey hair extremely specific but the best yeah. <laughs> part, this is the part that when I was going back and rereading this really shocked me, is when David goes over, takes his sword, 
not his own, not David's sword, Goliath's sword, and cuts off his head. And then the Philistine are like, oh, wow, we should leave. And they do, but he just cuts off his head and then he takes it back to Jerusalem and has it with him. And like, just in my head, like parades it around and is like, ha ha ha, here's the head of the giant I just slayed, which just really kind of for me, I just, I, it was the emotion behind the story was never implied. Like you never heard that like David was mad at this guy for like thinking he could defy God or like David was so filled with emotion at the end of the story that he literally cuts off his head and like keeps it as a prize. And that's just a lot. It sits differently than a young boy comes out of the crowd to defeat a giant, you know? Yeah, it, 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 it hits different. It does. It's it's less (laughs) like I can do anything with God on my side and more like this, a really angry man did something kind of little sketch. Like, yes, thank you, David, for slaying Goliath also. Like, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> do you want to unpack this? Yeah. But David's pretty proud of himself, and he, yeah, just kind of goes on. I mean, obviously, obviously, David does a lot of other things in the Bible, so, like, he is a continued character, and... yeah. Like, things continue, whatever. We know a lot about David as he goes on. But this is one of those really peculiar stories that kind of takes on a different meaning as you age. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that if they explained it to kids, they would get very lost in the the details of that. So, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad they watered it down for me. You know, I'm okay with that. I am, I am. I think you can still take the with god you can do anything because like the the facts of the story are still there someone who was not prepared for battle took down quote unquote the enemy with god on his side and so that's all there but there's also if anything it like humanizes david and makes him almost more relatable like this didn't just come from him like this one random act of goodness it was almost more he is just like us like, he was mad that someone was, like, trying to do something that they had no business trying to do. And he was like, I'm going to take matters into my own hands, hams, into my own hands, which is, which is nice. Relatable in a different kind of way. Yeah. Well, they have a little thing on the side of this Bible that talks about the Augsburg Confession and how it connects to this story and how... Augustine, the theologian, um, understood faith to be confidence in God and the grace of God for us because it is because of the Holy Spirit who is given through faith that we are moved to do good works. And without the Holy Spirit, our heart is too weak to do what God commands. So I think that 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 really helps kind of put things into perspective, maybe. Yeah, because... If you, you could look at it of like, David took the life of another man because he was angry. Or you could see it as David believed so powerfully in his God that he knew that through God he had the power to 
change the situation. Alter Guild is hosted by Meta Herrick Carlson, Matthew Ian Fleming, Miriam Samuelson Roberts, and Derek Transgard, with edits by Derek and our awesome guest editor and producer for this season, Ian McConnell. You can visit our website at alterguild.org, that's A-L-T-E-R, and find us on Facebook and Instagram and occasionally Twitter. Subscribe to Alter Guild wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. See you next episode. And in the meantime, go in peace, listen, love, serve, and alter.